I'm Kevin Price. You're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business program. Marianne Fairmouth, she's a regular on the Price of Business Media Network, and we love having her on the program each week, bringing her insight, particularly from her book that uh, I consider revolutionary when it comes to recruiting. You can learn more about Marianne over at Fairmouth, that's F-A-R-E-M-O-U-T-H dot com. And when we address getting the brain what it needs, the body and the mind and the emotions are actually going to follow because it has healthy information to come from. It's basically things not at ease. It's a dis-ease if you break the word up. And it's so powerful. It's when things are not running in harmony with each other. And we are so disconnected from ourself in this digital world that is connected 24-7 on hyperspeed that we really don't have time for ourselves because we're pouring energy out into everything else. There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a top global podcast that is dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world. My name is Marianne Fairmouth, and I'll be your host for this episode. And today, I am just delighted to have a guest all the way from the Sunshine Coast of Australia. Lisa Marie is a medical scientist, author, holistic health professional, epigenetic and quantum researcher, and Lisa's mission is to help corporate leaders, professionals, and heart-centered entrepreneurs and employees build a super strong mindset for massive results. Lisa, without further ado, and after that incredibly long introduction, help me welcome you to Career Can Do. Say hello to everybody. Good morning here from Australia. Thank you so much, Marianne. I am so excited to be here. And thank you for the opportunity to speak to your beautiful community. Well, we are so happy to have you here and have you help so many that are listening to our program today. As we talked about in the Blue Room, the work world, the world in general, has some challenges right now. Things are yeah. different post-COVID. And I really was thrilled to have you because as we talked about also in the Blue Room, we don't just look at a resume, look at a job description, and slap them together. We look at who is this person? What are you about? What's important to you? And how can we align a job to that? You're very much the same type of professional. So help me understand what led you to holistic health. In neuroscience? Yes, that's a really loaded question, <laughs> but I'm going to give you the very short version. I suffered a lot through my upbringing. I was an abused child, had all sorts of adversities to deal with, with a mother of psychiatric illness and violence. And personally, I lived my entire young life in fear and I caused an enormous amount of health issues and also my own personal emotional issues. And I really saw contrast because I saw that my world was different to my friends' worlds and I wanted to 
be able to just not get caught up in that cycle. Even as a young person, I felt like I was different to what I was in. And so that gave me the desire to actually want to help people in some capacity because I felt that people who were suffering somehow needed help. So I actually initially ran away to the army and I went into the medical field in the army because I was driven by the medical aspect of helping people. I didn't know why I was actually injured and had to leave the military, but I wanted to pursue the medical field after that. So I actually went in to become a medical scientist in diagnostic pathology. And what that means is that I was the person in the white lab coat that looked down the microscope that diagnosed disease for doctors. So we were mainly in oncology and bone marrow transplant, stem cell transplant, which was fantastic for a while. But this is really relevant because all of the stress and fear that I lived in growing up had created devastating health problems. I had multiple autoimmune diseases and by the age of 29, I'd actually had 14 operations throughout that. So I was seeking my own health solution as well. And in the medical profession, we know autoimmune disease is actually a result of basically the body starting to break down under stress. (laughs) So Mine started from a kid, so there was a lot of breakdown there. I was exposed to holistic wellness as a little girl. My auntie did acupuncture, and I was fascinated by that. But also, I was exposed to meditation and Tai Chi when I was 14 through a martial arts club. To me, that was really fascinating. I felt really connected to that. And so I'd always had this passion for helping people in traditional Western medicine but also really driven to focus on holistic health. And all of that has actually led to the fact that our mind can really determine whether we are going to be well or unwell because of our constant environmental stress, our thoughts. And so that's sort of a snapshot of how I went from the Western medical profession into holistic health and neuroscience and being so fascinated by the ability for the brain to change. That is profound what you're talking about, and I agree with you 100%. We read things now, Lisa, all the time about how health and disease are connected to our nervous system. And I think with all of us, especially post-COVID, with all the changes, with all the people losing jobs, with all the companies shutting down. Now, we've had a nice resilience and things seem to be moving forward and that's all great. But I do think that there's a connection between our brain health and mental health and all these stresses can certainly have an adverse effect. So talk to us a little bit about that connection between brain health and mental health. Years ago, my dad, God bless him, he was from Malta and I remember I would say, oh, I'm so sick. I can't go to work. He'd say, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. Listen out of the sun. Well, now they change the sun and vitamin D. But I think he was profound, all right? I think yes. a lot of it is in our head. I think a lot of it, disease and what we think, our brains are connected. Is that what we're talking about? I mean, do you think there's something to that? Yes. Well, there's actually now proven science. And me being a medical science, I love the geeky side of that. But I also love the fact that There's so much that they're now exploring, which we can now measure, which we know 
has been practiced in the Eastern arts for thousands and thousands of years. The brain is a supercomputer. It is far more powerful than that device in your pocket. However, we've got it all wrong. We're, we're relying on the device, not our brain. Our brain's capacities, like there's several billion neurons in there, so several billion opportunities of connection. But it actually regulates the central nervous system. It's the mother computer of operating every single cell, every tissue, every system, every hormone, everything in our body. And it is affected by what we put in it or what we don't put in it. There is so much talk about mental health and mental illness, but what we really should be focusing on is brain health. And when we address getting the brain what it needs, the body and the mind and the emotions are actually going to follow because it has healthy information to come from. It's basically things not at ease. It's a dis-ease if you break the word up. And it's so powerful. It's when things are not running in harmony with each other. And we are so disconnected from ourself in this digital world that is connected 24-7 on hyperspeed that we really don't have time for ourselves because we're pouring energy out into everything else. So brain health is what we need to focus on if we want mental health. There's no two ways about it. Dr. Daniel Amen is one of the great brain doctors now in our modern world, and he is definitely an advocate for speaking about brain health and all of the solutions orientated around that. But they're the common pillars of our health, our nutrition, our sleep, movement of the body, positive mindset. I'm not talking about rah-rah positive stuff. I'm talking about how we can actually slow down to actually feel joy and in the present moment, which we don't do. <laughs> so I know we're going to expand onto that part a little bit later, but bringing that harmony back to our body so our brain is actually connected to our body, because right now it's not, will literally change your brain, change life. It's as simple as that. I think it's profound. I do. And you know, my sweet grandparents live next door and my grandmother was all about being in her garden and the gardening. But she was also very strong in her religious practices. And I think prayer, and in some ways they say meditation is a form of prayer, both kinds of things. And I mean, my grandfather was 96 when he died. My grandmother was almost, I don't know, in her 90, almost 90. Wow. Those things, when I look back now, Lisa, the way they practice their lives might have had some bearing on the longevity of their yeah. life. Yes. If, when we talk about mindfulness now, practices like meditation, yoga, tai chi, those kinds of things are to get us be, to become a little bit more mindful, slow down a little bit, and like you say, be more in alignment with a positive flow as opposed to go, go, go. I mean, I go all the time. I'm always... You know, moving and grooming and doing this or that or the other. Now, I love what I do and I love helping people and it gives me a sense of joy. But the mindfulness practices that we're referring to here are also things that are going to help us become more healthy and live along those Yes, yes, totally. I'd actually like to just bring what was really profound 
in my life over 20 years ago, as I mentioned to you in our prior conversation, is that I was so blessed to be mentored by Mr. Jim Rohn. For the people who don't know him, because he's now passed on, he's actually the mentor for Tony Robbins. And most people know that name in the world. And Jim's philosophy was really about self-leadership and taking responsibility for your life. That's a great place to start is not trying to rely on other people to fix our lack of joy and fulfillment. We really need to dig deep in that. But within my teachings, I also had a mentor by the name of Mr. George Knight, who was mentored by Paul J. Meyer. He was actually the founder of Success Motivation Institute back in the 60s. And he created the concept of the wheel of life. Now, the wheel of life is like a bicycle wheel with spokes in it. And it talks about your physical health, emotional health, relationship health, your career, your finances, your spiritual health. So I don't talk about balance because I don't believe that if it was all balanced, then things would be unbalanced because some parts of our life need more attention than others, like our personal relationships with our family and our physical health, which affects our emotional health. But to bring harmony into those things, and unfortunately in our turned on modern life of no reprieve from screens and dings and rings and meetings and everything else, is that we are neglecting parts of that bicycle wheel. It's like a bucket with holes in it. And so the energy in our life force is actually running out of us so fast and we're not actually filling it up. Coming back to the point of mindfulness, there's people who are a little bit hesitant about that because they think that it's really woo. It's actually not because going back to my nana and pa, and I spent a lot of time with them while my mother was in psychiatric wards, is that every afternoon we would walk around the garden with a bucket and pick the veggies for dinner. <laughs> and it was so beautiful. We were in the present moment and we were connected to the earth. We were connected to relationship building because I would stand there and learn how to cook with my nana. And so these beautiful things, they don't exist in our busy life. Even getting your feet on the earth without shoes and socks on. Yeah, and they that's healthy too when you put your feet in the dirt. There's something it, in the it, dirt. There is something to that because getting back to the neuroscience, we are electromagnetic. Now, the earth is polar. We are polar. I mean, we can measure the EEG of our brain. We can measure the ECG of our heart. So we have an electrical and a magnetic impulse coming from us. The earth is magnetic. So getting your bare feet into the soil or the sand or the water actually discharges all of those stress electrons out of our body. It helps remove all of the toxic stress in our body. There is actually real science to that. So the practice of mindfulness, and it also helps with neuroplasticity and that word epigenetics, which basically just means we change the expression of our cells. It doesn't change our DNA because that's half mom, half dad, but the expression of our cells. Are our cells happy or our cells stressed and on high alert all the time and just drowning in toxicity because we have a poor diet and lack of sleep and drink too much and don't get a break from digital devices. So mindfulness is just coming back to our basic raw self 
which happened in COVID. I mean, as devastating as it was on a global scale, we had to stop. We were forced to stop and we were forced to do the things in our life that we have probably let go of because they were just put in the back burner because we told ourselves we didn't have time for it. But guess what? There are a lot of people who are still practicing that. They now have a daily walk with their family or their dog. They now do food prep because they started doing that because they were cooking at home during COVID. They had to learn how to de-stress. So maybe they did pick up a YouTube meditation link and start to learn how to do some very gentle breath work and concentrate on the in-breath and the out-breath of being in the present moment. By the way, breath is one of the most powerful, powerful free tools we can use right now. I want all the listeners to sit straight in their chair, put their shoulders back and take a big, deep breath because you probably slumped over your computer listening to this, (laughs) you know, (laughs) right? (laughs) So our breath controls our nervous system. We can be in high stress, flight and fright mode constantly, which most people are. It's now proven that 70% of people are now suffering the effects of stress-related disorders. That has been a global research done by a collaboration of all sorts of bodies, and this was released in 2021. And the breath will actually bring us back to fight and flight, back down into rest and digest, which is our calm state. So you can change in an instant just purely through breath. These practices, Lisa, that you're referring to now, really help us in the work world because if we practice these mindfulness practices we're talking about, we become a better employee. We become a better boss. We become a better leader. And as a human being, as an individual, we become more healthy, emotionally, physically. So a lot of what you're talking about is a little different for us on Career Can Do, but I think it's really important to consider these things because all these things that Lisa's bringing to us will make us not only so much a better employee, a better, healthy human being. And I think when we're healthy in our mind and our bodies, we can also make a greater contribution. Yes. Yes, it's great to be accomplished and successful and all these different things. But at the end of the day, how can we all help somebody else? Like what you did, from what you have been through, you took those challenges and you turned them in to helping others. And only would we have a better workplace, we'd have a better world if we became more healthy. And so I think these mindfulness practices are not just something we should think about. They're something we need to do. You know, I'm glad you brought out the digital part. And I think with AI coming closer and closer to us, there's going to be a whole lot more of the digital world in front of us, front and center. And I think these mindfulness practices are going to be more important for us to utilize. Yes. There's things that we can certainly do in the workplace. But before I just touch on that, if anybody's ever read the book Limitless by Jim Quick, he was known as the boy with the broken brain. He's now a best-selling author. He's very well-known in the brain world because he talks about how we can actually learn quickly. He talks about four villains of the digital world. The first one is the digital deluge. You know, we don't take a break. And there was a beautiful quote by 
he was a Harvard biologist, E.O. Wilson, he said, we are drowning in information while starving in wisdom. And that was so beautiful. And I'll add peace of mind on there. The second villain is digital distraction. We're no longer having deep relationships, deep learning, deep work. We get distracted from what matters. Digital dementia. Our brain is a muscle. We need to use it. Okay. Also that digital deduction, because we're getting AI and all these things to think for us, we're losing confidence in our own ability to think, is my thought correct? Is this good to pull forward? So coming into the workplace, even mindful eating in the workplace of making sure that there's no rubbish in the break room, having fresh fruits or some healthy options in there, fostering mindful communication to improve understanding and collaboration of not being judgy or clicky and you know <laughs> what can go on in the workplace. Having a calming atmosphere if there's somewhere where you can make a quiet space in the workplace, I think is a beautiful thing. Even if there's a few people that get together that once a week on a Friday afternoon, you decide to have a five-minute get-together where you just practice some nice, there's beautiful music in the background with doing five minutes of breath work together, of just relaxation, in-breath, out-breath. And that's relationship building as well. Having digital detoxes at work, making sure that you turn off all the notifications. And I really think fostering a culture of gratitude and positivity in the workplace is so important, so important, because we really don't hold on to what we're grateful for at the moment. We just think of everything that we're lacking. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I just talked to a gal today that one of my clients is going to meet her for lunch. And I said, the first thing you want to say to him, you want to show your gratitude. You want to appreciate the opportunity that he left his office to come out here to have lunch with you. I think yeah. gratitude, sometimes we forget about that. You know, we're hustle and bustle and everything else. And I think at the end of the day, you have to say thank you. You know, I appreciate this opportunity. Well, I just think the world of you. And I think everything you're saying is so profound and so necessary. This is a new kind of a podcast for a career can do. But I think it's really an important one. Because all these things right now are, are really upon us. And I yes. think the more we can practice mindfulness, the more successful and happy and healthy we're going to be club. Yeah. So we're getting near the end here of the podcast, Lisa. You've given our listeners so much information and a lot of all this information and how to contact Lisa will be on my website as well. But if we had to leave our listeners with two salient points to really maximize their success and happiness in the new work world, what would those two points be? Well, I think the first one is to really have some quiet time with yourself and ask what is really important in my life and how do I start moving towards that if I'm not on that path now? Where do I want to see my life in five years' time with my level of healthfulness and relationships? and my career opportunities because I'm taking care of myself now. This is really important. I always like to have a vision of the future. I think that's so important. And the other one would be just be curious. <laughs> Bring that childlike curiosity back out and just be curious about, hmm, might just explore that mindful thing a little bit because we have gazillions of free resources online just to even learn how to do breath work of in and out. They're the basic things that I teach people and mindfulness. And when you start to do it and you do have this beautiful calming effect 
and then you bring that into your relationships and you come into your relationship more calm than totally wired and reactive, your world can change so much with just some basic, basic, the relationships with your children, you're more patient with them. You wake up feeling more fresh and relaxed. It's endless. I'm beaming here because I know the transformation people can have with just some simple techniques. And ask for help. Look where you can get help to start that process. Be curious. Well, I think that's wonderful. I think you've given us so much information. And I know you're going to have some kind of a mindfulness seminar for beginners coming up. It'll be on my website. But if somebody wants to get a hold of you, Lisa, how do they do that? Do you have a website or do you have a LinkedIn? Yes, I am on LinkedIn and I do have a website. It's my name. And my name is always tricky because people often spell the last name a little bit incorrectly. So it's Lisa, L-I-S-A, surname M-A-R-R-E-E. That's double R double E.com. I will have my Mindfulness for Beginners course on there and be able to reach out to me as well. I just love seeing people transform into that beautiful, peaceful, joyful, fulfilled person. Success without fulfillment is still a very unhappy place to live. Well, I cannot tell you how I so appreciate you taking the time to be on Career Can Do. You know that Australia is on my bucket list. And why the heck? I'm going to get out there and visit you, Lisa. Anyway, we thank you so much. We'll keep in touch. We thank you all for listening to Career Can Do. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information presented. The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely that of the guest or speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Varian Fairmouth and Fairmouth & Company. Thank you.